Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Sereniti Gorokov, your host, and today we have the honor of having Tonya Reeves joining us. Tonya is not only a award-winning author and a motivational speaker, but also the dedicated CEO behind Life Empowerment and Survival Ministries, Inc. Their mission revolves around extending a helping hand to women and their families who are courageously breaking free from abusive situations. Through their organizations, they provide critical emergency assistance, essential resources, and vital referrals. Recognizing the need for sustainable support, she founded a sister company called Life Empowerment Zone LLC. This innovative venture operates as a retail business with a higher purpose, to generate essential income for their non-for-profit efforts. It's about merging entrepreneurship and empathy to create a lasting change. In addition to these remarkable endeavors, she is also at the helm of a transformative initiative, a journaling support group. The safe haven offers survivors a sanctuary to connect, heal, and support one another through the power of journaling. It is a space where stories find expression, healing finds a voice, and connections find strength. Join us on this journey of empowerment, resilience, and unwavering support for those who need it most. Together, we are making a difference, one courageous step at a time. Tonya, it's an honor to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to be here um, to share this space with you. I'm excited about today's interview and, and just excited to let people know what, what we are, who we are, and what we do. That's beautiful. So my first question for you, what so everybody here on Real Talk Real Women share their personal experience so that we break the silence around any kind of abuse we experienced, all the way from self-abuse to domestic violence. Yes. And the first question we are all wondering, what kind of abuse did you overcome? Well, my story started when I was four. I experienced child molestation. Um, as I got older, I experienced date rape, and eventually I became a victim of domestic violence. Yeah, so a lot of sexual abuse. Yes. And that sexual abuse actually has many more um, damage than what we can actually comprehend and see. Yes. That also means a lot of healing, a yes. lot of releasing, letting go, recognize it for what it is, a criminal act. Even yes. though safe sex and safe sexuality can be the most beautiful and creative things, it can also be turned into the worst nightmare. Yes. And when it is, it leaves scars. Absolutely. I understand that. So having that hurt in, in, inside of you, trying to find your way around starting to date and discovering that even on a date, you can also be raped. It's like, hey, I didn't say yes. Mm -hmm. I did not consent. I did not agree. 
and you make me feel that I don't have the choice. Right. Well, in in that situation, um, I had a childhood friend. We had known each other since maybe 12, 13 years old. Our parents bowled together. And so that's how we met. And it was just a group of teenagers hanging out while our parents um, bowled at, at a local bowling alley in our in our community. Um, we had lost touch with each other, um, but we bumped into each other because we had mutual friends and we just started hanging out again, just being friends. Never in my life, I even thought he was even attracted to me in that way. He never tried to date me. He never tried to be my boyfriend, anything. He just wanted to come hang out with me. We were sitting up watching a movie and talking and I fell asleep and I woke up to him assaulting me. And um, it just really blew my mind and it, it deleted my trust factor and having male friends outside of relationships. If If we're not... In a relationship, I won't. I won't um, be alone with the man again. You know, and and it and I have to um, be very selective who I trust in my personal space. As a result of that, um, it also um, even though the triggers um, were painful. I was able to turn those triggers into power by informing young women, teenagers, young women, between the ages, I want to say 14 up to at least 35, informing them because it can happen as early as 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 early as 13 or even sooner and, and as old as 35, 40 years old. Women are still um, vulnerable to to that. Um, and it's just, um, I, I thought internally, I thought it was something that I did wrong. You know, what, what is it that could have made him or any man think that it was okay, um, to touch a woman without her permission? Um, and, and I, and then I kept thinking it was me. And then finally, in my late 30s, I was out hanging out with one of my girlfriends. I had just gotten out of my divorce, actually, out of out of the abusive relationship. And we were out just celebrating my freedom. And one of the security guards at the club we went to, because we went to a club. I'm not a club person, but I decided, you know what, let's go out and have some fun. I deserve it. Let's go dance. Let's go sing. Let's enjoy ourselves. And the security officer decided to smack me on my behind. And I just was outraged. I'm like, how dare you touch me? Who do you know, who gave you the right, the permission to touch me? And I told him I was going to call the police. And he told me he was a police officer. So he can pretty much do whatever he wanted. They weren't going to arrest him was his response to me. And, and after that, I knew that it wasn't me. It was just the mentality of some men. And and I do, I am aware that women are abusers also because my first abuser was a woman. It was a, a, a teenage girl. But um, I see it more often 
in, in my experience, not to discount anybody else, but in my experience, it was mostly men um, that had um, did those things to me and people that I know. And so I, I decided that instead of me um, allowing myself to um, slip down into a depressed, a permanent depressive state of mind, I decided to use that to um, encourage other young ladies to be careful who they date and who they hang around. And even that isn't foolproof, um, but to be aware of what date rape is, what sexual assault is, and how to protect themselves and how not to be afraid to go to someone for help. Because I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. And this is probably the first time I really shared it um, outside of my close friends and family. Um, this is the first time I ever spoke about that particular incident out loud. Um, but I do want to encourage any young woman who is um, in a situation who, who felt that um, maybe she has been touched inappropriately without her permission um, to get help. Even if she doesn't press charges against the individual, she needs to get help for herself so that she not she's not dealing with the internal damage. Um, because you you don't want to walk around afraid. You don't want to walk around feeling um, that that it was your fault um, that that happened to you. Um, it's a lot of things that go along with being a survivor of 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 assault. And I'll say assault in general, because it comes in so many different forms, any form of trauma or abuse. You, 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 we tend to um, wonder, why did this happen to me? Is this something that I said? Is it something that I did? Is it the way I dress? Is it the way I carry myself? Am I too nice? Am I too trusting? You know, so you, you end up putting yourself under all of these labels um, and those labels become invisible masks, if that makes sense. So I began to walk around with these masks, hiding behind them, um, trying to pretend like I was okay. And then one day I realized I'm not okay and I need help. I need to get this off my chest. I need to get this out of my system. Even me um, talking about it and helping other women, it helped me a little bit. But I still found myself um, when I'm privately in my room, feeling a little down, feeling a little depressed, feeling a little unworthy. Um, I started praying a lot. I started um, trying to find myself, um, connect, you know, with God and, you know, just different um, ways that I know I needed to heal. Um, I even went to seek uh, therapy. So I started seeing a therapist about maybe two years ago. And we had about maybe three, four month sessions. And then COVID hit and kind of threw everything off. But I still remember like the different techniques that she told me when I started feeling, you know, down. When I started finding myself um, going into depression how to um, get myself back on track. So, so, 
Pauli. Yes, what is really to be emphasized here for the audience is that when you are dealing with the memory of having been raped, assaulted, sexually, or any other way for that matter, when you have been, you feel and you remember how much abuse you have gone through, mm -hmm. help is available. And help represents people who know how it feels like, who have tools that they can share with you, who can see, hear, and acknowledge you for your pain, and who can really be a support system around you. You know, when I was um, considering if I should report or not, my father-in-law, who raped me when I was 32 years old, wow. just confirm what you said, I was considering that possibility, that option. And I ended up choosing not to in Switzerland because I know how that system goes. Mm -hmm. And um, and I really said, at the end of the day, it's not prosecuting him that will heal me. It's right. healing me that will heal exactly. me. It's addressing the wound. It's addressing the mistrust. It's addressing that 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 father figure protective who suddenly becomes the predator of his own daughter-in-law. That right. makes absolutely no sense to me. But this is how it was. And I and I still couldn't wrap my mind around such a concept. It's so wrong. Yeah. And and coming to terms, healing, releasing all people who resemble him from any point of view, for that yeah. matter, who could be a trigger. And I met many people who were actually a trigger. Yeah. And I was afraid just by principle, even though there was nothing there. And realizing, okay, you are worthy of love. I remember that one of the biggest difficulty was to consider myself worthy of being loved yeah. by a good that was the biggest healing and biggest acceptation I had to go through in order to release that fear yes what one, other tools do you bring one, one of the things um that I heard um, is is when I when I'm faced with the triggers because they're gonna come. Um, not to be afraid to face them. Um, when you get to the point where you can face your triggers, you have defeated fear, and so. I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? So again, instead of me climbing up in a shell, when the triggers came, I stood up and I looked them in the eye and I realized I have the power. You can only hurt me if I allow you to. And yes, it is a scary thing when the, the triggers come, but am I gonna use those triggers to catapult me to a higher level or am I going to allow the trigger to continue to make me go down into that hole again and I didn't like being in the hole so I took the triggers and I turned them into power 
I took my stories, uh, my incidences, anytime that I, I remembered it, I journaled it. I journal what happened to me. I, I speak about it in, in, in my public speaking engagements. I talk about it at church. Um, wherever I can help somebody else heal, um, I turn my triggers into testimonies. And if, even though I know some people are, 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 their situation, their story might be a little bit more harder. Um, it might be a little bit more traumatic. Um, I say, even at that, try to take those things and turn them into a, a voice. Try to turn them into a story. Write them, you know, turn them into an opportunity to help somebody else heal. As you um, use your triggers to help someone else heal, they'll become less traumatic to you. They'll become less, um, what's the word? It won't harm you so much mentally. And then you'll realize how you overpowered that thing, how you um, became empowered and how you took took your your power back, your strength back. And that's what I, you know, that's what I had to do in order for me to get through life because there were times when I have um, came across, and I don't know why this happens to me, but I come across um, a fight between a woman and a man in the middle of the street. I was I was driving to um, visit a family member, and I was on my way, and I saw a woman running from a man, and he kept catching her, and he was picking her up, trying to take him, make her go against her will, and for God to let me see that right there and it was another car in front of me she saw it too so both of us stopped in the middle of the street and I blew my horn and I yelled at him leave her alone leave her alone as he was shocked so he let her go and she ran and the car in front of me opened up the car door and let her in so she got in that car and we drove her to safety and we waited for the police to come and we were just happy that God allowed us to be in the right place at the right time. Um, I, I I know I probably put myself in harm's way, but I didn't think of it at that time. All I could think of was myself being abused in, in the middle of the street in front of people. I remember being that person. So I decided to take, take charge and, and help her. And I was glad that God didn't have me do it alone, that there was someone else there that was able to do it. So I was the one who was able to distract him and he got startled and let her go. And she was able to hop in the car with the other person. And I'm glad that she wasn't afraid to get in the car with the other person so that we can get her the help that she needed at that point. So that was one point when I realized that I was able to use my story to help somebody else physically, not just verbally, not just emotionally, not just mentally, but physically help somebody. And so those stories are 
you know, we, we wonder like, God, why did this happen to me? And then he told me right then and there, this is why. Because if, this, if, if that didn't happen to you, then you wouldn't have been able to help this woman today. And, and it, it still feels kind of weird. Like, why me? Why did you pick me to, to do this? And, and I, I don't complain. I embrace it. And I thank God for making me strong enough to be able to be that for somebody. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Tonya, for having raised to the challenge. Because it's a challenge when you look at that. Because you don't know exactly, okay, what am I going to do? And, and you know, we are all angels yeah. in God's hands if we allow ourselves to be. Yes. And the fact of going through hell and back allows us to be the angel we can be. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your nonprofit. So I started my nonprofit um, a few years back. It started out as God Safe Haven for Women and Children. He gave me that back in early 2000s, like right after I left the situation. Um, I couldn't find my ground. I couldn't get, get it started the way I felt it needed to be. Because initially it was going to be a transitional home for young women coming out of abuse with their children. Um, and like I said, I, I was having a slow start, but I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to quit. And then he told me empowerment, life empowerment. And I was like, okay, because what I do is empowering. Um, so I decided to figure out ways to help women become empowered. So back in maybe 2017, I went solo and I started doing um, conferences, yearly conferences, and they turned into Gala. So I would have people come and speak, um, share their testimony, give a voice to another survivor, um, including myself. We, we shared our story. We helped one another. We ate dinner together or lunch, whatever time it was. And we listened to music and, you know, we just really celebrated one another. And I started to raise money to provide emergency resources, such as a par um, not necessarily apartments, but um, hotel rooms, if they needed a hotel room. Because a lot of women... They have children and they have boys, and a lot of the shelters weren't accepting women with boy, teenage boys. So I would help them get a hotel room for a couple of nights, um, emergency food, connect them with resources that can help them more on a long-term basis. Since I couldn't do the transitional housing program that I initially wanted to do, I could still at least be the emergency resource that they needed. Um, if they need help with utilities or rent or things like that, I try to rally up other um, organizations or other people and we put our resources together and make sure that that woman, her children get to safety. Um, we do Life Empowerment Zone LLC. We sell um, skincare products, T-shirts. Um, anything that um, can be used as gifts 
Um, we create um, gift baskets, things like that to raise money for our nonprofit organization to provide the financial emergency resources that are needed. It's, it's still kind of slow, but we are not giving up. We continue to uh, push forward so that we can so that we can become the transitional housing unit that we um, set out to be. Um, we have helped several women, especially around the holidays. For some reason, it seemed like there's a rise in domestic violence during the winter months. Um, I kind of pretty much blame it on um, finances because that is like a tough time for a lot of women trying to figure out how they're going to provide a good Christmas to their children or uh, Thanksgiving, you know, dinner. It's really hard around that time. And so I know that a lot of women are, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to take care of my family? My child's father isn't helping. So it causes a lot of tension. So we try to provide those emergency resources so that they're not having to rely on the the father of their kids. Um, the other thing that I looked at with life empowerment and survival ministries. I looked at um, the whole word empowerment. What did I go through when I left my significant other, my abuser? What did what what obstacles did I go through? And so I decided to plan around those obstacles. I um, wanted to teach women how to become financially independent. So I teach them how to start their own businesses. I teach them how to become employable, how to um, get hired, pretty much. Your resume, um, your uh, career wear, uh, how to conduct an interview, you know, how to answer questions thoroughly, how to stay on task when they ask questions, how to answer them how to even humbly brag about yourself. Because one of the things we, we don't know how to do is talk about what we do and how we do it. Um, you might have a woman who has no work history, but she has some skills. So I teach her how to hone into those skills, how to show up, how to talk about your talents. What do you know how to do it? How will you do it? Even if it's down to braiding hair or babysitting or doing lighthouse work, um, teaching them how to turn those things that they know how to do into a business. And that way they're not relying on the person who abused them. Um, that was how I was able to take care of my children after I left that abuse with no child support. I never called them and asked them for a dime. I didn't need it. Um, there were things that my children did need, but I figured out a way to provide that need without having to call him. Because I knew that if I picked up that phone and called him, that could cost my freedom. That could cost me my life. That could put my children in harm's way. And that's one of the reasons why women stay in abusive relationships is because of their financial situation. So I wanted to eliminate that obstacle. If I couldn't do anything else, I wanted to at least eliminate that obstacle. Provide the need and teach them how to create 
resources for themselves. It's gorgeous. Thank you, Tonya, for doing that. I remember um, a long time ago, it was in 2001, when I left my first abusive relationship. I had, I was in connection in relationship with a woman pastor mm -hmm. and she had in her heart to be a bridge for me, to yeah. allow me to live by coming to her home and living with her for a while, giving me shelter, food, clothes, and even money in order for me to actually find my way around and create a new life for me and for my baby son. Thank God for her. And thank God for her. And she's truly, she has been a saving grace at that period of time. Truly, truly amazing. And that, without that help, I had no idea what to do, where to go, who to call, any of that. Yes. Well, I'm and glad. That is the first, I'm, I'm very glad too. So what shall we tell to people who have no idea who to call where to look at, and they are anywhere in the world. They, they listen from everywhere in the world. Well, um, the one thing that I would like to say, um, first and foremost, um, in a safe space, you need to locate your local domestic violence hotlines, your local domestic violence shelters. Um, I know some 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 people have told me that they go to church with their abuser. So they had to actually leave their church home because the church was believing the abuser. So I don't know if that's your situation, but I don't want you to get caught off guard when you go to the church and the church turns against you or the church decides to take the side of the person that's abusing you. Um, Go to someone outside of your circle that you don't know, that don't know him. I had to go to people that didn't know us. I had to go to people that had never seen or heard of him before. I found a place to live that he never thought to look for me. So those are things that you do as a person trying to get out Try to figure out a place that you would like to live that is safe for you and your family. Research the resources that are available, like the food shelters, the food, I'm sorry, the food pantries, um, domestic violence shelters, the support groups. Um, I would definitely check with the local hospitals. They have access to um, all of the advocate programs. Um, your court buildings, if you know, you, like I go to a circuit court in my in my county, they have a list of advocates that help women. Um, I went through a pro, a program called South Suburban Family Shelter. Here now, it is called a new project, a new. And so, in my community, I live in 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 Illinois. So in my community is Project Anew or South uh, South Suburbia Family Shelter or uh, South Suburbia Crisis Center, um, different places like that. Um, there are also different websites that you can look up that will give you a list of all of the 
emergency resources in your community. Um, if you are in the Illinois area, my organization is Life Empowerment and Survival Ministries Incorporated. Um, you can look me up on Facebook. You can also Google me and all of our connect, uh, connection, our contact information is there. Um, you can email me at lifeempowermentzone at gmail.com. And the word life empowerment overlaps on the E. So it's only one E. So those are ways you can connect with me. I will direct you or give you or provide you a list of emergency resources. If it's something that I can't help you with personally, I will definitely connect you with my circle. I have a group of um, people who mentor me and um, a group of people who we just kind of connected. Um, when we do our annual galas and things like that, we formed a sisterhood. And we also have a brotherhood attached to us as well, where we all um, get together and protect um, those who come to us. So it is help out there. Um, just be mindful and don't be afraid to, to ask um, and be careful of dealing with people who are friends with your abuser. So that's one good thing because you're gonna go to them thinking they're gonna help you and they not. They, they'll turn their back on you. They could either be afraid of the abuser or, or whatever the case may be. The abuser probably have been painting a picture, a negative picture of you. And of course they're gonna believe that. In my case, my my ex-husband's father, um, he knew that I was being abused. And he told me one day, he said, well, it, it makes no sense for you to complain about it because you keep sticking around. If he's so bad, why don't you just leave? So I did. I took my kids and we left. And then he turned around. The same man turned around and said that I was lying on his son and that we were exaggerating. And then they went so far as to get the judge to dismiss his case and say that I exaggerated. And I was like, wow, this is the court. And then years later, I realized that the same judge deleted my order of protection and he discontinued my child support case. So I'm telling you this so that you can, not to make you afraid to go to get help, but to stay on top of your paperwork. Make sure all of your paperwork is in order. Make sure you have an attorney present. My community, um, there was Metropolitan Family Services. Um, they And they also have Metropolitan Legal, Legal Assistance. So those are two different organizations, but they provide um, a free attorney to women who cannot afford an attorney. They provide um, court, you know, court appearances. They'll go to court with you. They'll make sure that your um, unemployment or whatever documentation that you need is in order. Because in my situation, I had to leave my job. I had to relocate. And so they had um, what is called VESA laws, Victims Economic Safety and Securities Act. 
and they prove they are supposed to protect you from your employer terminating you when you have to take off work during domestic violence situations. Sometimes they give you like six weeks um, of unpaid leave. They allow you to use all your vacation time, sick time, family, I think it's a Family Medical Leave Act. You can use all of your time that you have so that you can still pay bills, so that you can still have income. And then once all of that time is exhausted, then you go into VESA. But it all depends on what state you're in. Um, so look into that. Find out what your state laws are. Um, connect with an attorney that will help you um, legally. Um, and if you have any questions, I can gather all the information and provide. You are mute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so... Um, Okay, so Tonya, what we're going to do is to provide in the description of your episode right now all the resources that you have, all the way to reach out to you, all that you have already available, including uh, the, um, the LLC with all the, 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 the merchandise to make sure that all resources are listed here and more so that people can actually, when they listen to you, they can actually do something about that either by supporting you helping others or requesting help one or the other all right awesome so thank you very much for being here today thank you for bringing your story across and thank you for revealing the truth thank you for having me i really really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share um, information about my organization and to share my story and I really hope that something that I said um, will um, help you um, one day. If, if, if you're ever in need, prayerfully, um, you won't need, to need the help. But if you do, I want you to know that we are here. We are available for you. Um, and you want me to give my email address and things again? Yes. Okay. So lifeempowermentzone at gmail.com. That's L-I-F-E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. Um, you can also reach me at Tanya Survives, T-O-N-I-A as it's spelled here, S-U-R-V-I-V-E-S at gmail.com. And those are the two places you can email me. And then our website is life, L-I-F-E, empowerment. Uh-oh, life-empowerment-survival.business.site. Okay. And that awesome. is our Google website. That works. Thank you so, so much. We put everything in the description. You're an amazing day. Thank, Thank you. you.